Hi, hello, how are you? Thanks for stopping by. Today we're going to talk to some real people about some real things, living real lives, doing real stuff. This is the Working Perspectives Podcast. I'm Matt Lavelle, accompanied as always by my editor and producer, Tom Byers. Our guest today is part two of the Steve Cabot duo. We're coming at you with the second part of the Steve Cabot interview. Uh, you can find us on all podcast platforms and YouTube and Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at the Working Perspectives Podcast, and you can follow us on the Twitter at Working P Pod. Uh, Shake Diggity, you ready to rock and roll this son of a bitch or what? Yeah, I'm all lubed up. Let's do this. <laughs> lubed up and ready to go. <laughs> all right, baby, let's get this shit started. Let's go. I saw this firsthand, and like, like you were saying, your brother would—he gave you some, be- like, it's just brothers being brothers, fucking fighting all that stuff. But I remember he was very much your number one fan and like a mentor and supporter when you were wrestling, and very much like involved in very like every match, even away matches, always there, always talking to you before and after the match, in the locker rooms with you, like in the corner, very much your biggest fan. And he also does like the cars and everything like that, so. Him being at the shop with your dad and very into cars and your dad as well, that must have been like a major influence. And was he was he also with you on the dirt bikes and the three wheelers and things like that, too? Absolutely. He was, uh, you know, my brother was the exact opposite of me. He did all the right things. He's a really bright guy, did all the right things. And he's Mm -hmm. a really good person where I was like the complete opposite. I didn't do any of the right things. (laughs) I'm an asshole. I was always getting in trouble. So like he, he. he was always like he was the only one he was like i was telling matt before he's he was the uh the uh the opposite to my crazy anytime i wanted to do something he would look at me and go you're a fucking idiot no and i'd be like yeah you're right tone yeah so like he (laughs) the same thing like when i growing up he was always a lot bigger than me so i kind of he played football he wrestled a little bit uh he played baseball and like you know everything he did wasn't he a really good baseball player yeah yeah, really good good baseball player So, and he was real fast too. He was a track runner. So he was real fast sprinter and a good, and a good baseball player. So like for me growing yeah. up, him being, and you know, everyone has a different uh, upbringing. Mine was, you know, I think we don't have to go real deep, but it was, it was a rough upbringing. So like my brother, mm-hmm. my dad had to work a lot. My mom had some issues. So yeah. like there really was yeah. just me and him in this little apartment by ourselves. Like he was my dad. He was my mom. He was, he was the person that raised me. Yeah. So like he, you know, there's yeah. no person on earth when he said something, he's like the only person on earth it didn't matter what he said. I a hundred percent was in a hundred percent listened and a hundred percent believed in whatever he said. Hmm. So he was perfect. He was perfect for a psycho like me, but you needed that. Honestly, I think we all need that. Yes. Yeah. As much as I give asshole shit on this show, he, he used that for me for a long time too. Yep. Still to this day yep. where it's like, they, they do keep you in check, but it's someone like, I won't listen to a lot of people and yep. you're the same way. Yes. But if I know someone generally cares and generally has my best interest, in their in their heart you know what i mean yeah. then yeah i'll listen to them every time and especially you know? that person, and that's kind of like that person usually has again if you don't know me get fuck out of my face because you don't how dare you try to tell me something you know but if you actually know Agreed. who i am you know with like my my parent you know my family like you you have an intimate knowledge of me and i and you i could i genuinely like you said i genuinely know you actually care about me no i'm gonna listen to what you have to say because it means something to me to anybody else yeah. i could care less what you fucking think yeah and they can go fuck themselves i agree yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, it's fucking, not yeah. easy being the older an older sibling i can you know? imagine my brother always yeah. say that because like 
you know, the older one, I, I'm sure, Matt, you're probably going through this now because you have, what, one kid? Yeah. So, like, one you kid. Have, if you do have a second, like, all, all the parents and all my buddies that have kids are the same way. The first one, everything was so new. Like, is, is she okay? Is he okay? Is this all right? Is this okay? After you get through that, the second one, you're like, nah, I don't give a fuck. I already know that's all right. Go ahead. Go do your thing. <laughs> so, like, the second, one, the second one doesn't get held to as high as standard. As in, it's not the parents' fault as a standard, but it's their, they're just them being a parent trying to navigate their way. And then I think as it goes yeah. further down, the same thing starts to happen. They're like, but on the same side, I couldn't get away with a lot of shit because my brother already tried. So they knew the deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. 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 It's much oh, easier being like, a younger sibling. My, my, uh, my little brother, who we've actually uh, aired uh, part two of his four part series today, or, and, uh, you know, He's a guest on the show, but uh, he learned a lot from me and asshole or me and a-hole's mistakes. So his whole thing was like, all right, well, I've seen these morons do a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> mm -hmm. So uh, I'll just not do that. And I should be okay, which is what he did. And he ended up being all right. Hell yeah. But dude, I, I'm telling you, the it is being uh, an older brother, an older sibling, or actually what you're saying is like having kids. This is, we had someone on the show last week. He has five kids, five kids, right? Unbelievable. And he explained it. Yeah. Shake, shake here is one of six. Oh yeah. my but, God. So, <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Your poor so, parents. I don't know how. Had, it's so hard. Yeah. It's so hard. <laughs> yeah, they're all right. but, but he had, uh, so he was, uh, he had, he has five kids and he explained, he's like, yeah, first one, it's just like you said, whoa, 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 everything. Yep. Second one's like, ah, they're okay. Third one, you're like, eh. And then he's like, but after the third one, you just like, you're just fucking holding on with your life. It's nothing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is yeah. what it is. You can only do so much. Hell yeah. I, you know, I always tell people about my family. I have my oldest sister was born in 1980 and my youngest brother was born in 2000. So there's 20 years wow. of, of kids. Wow. And yep. my oldest sister and my oldest brother um, are like, they're like Irish twins born very like close to each other. Yep. And they're like the upper management of our family. Like, I think when I was a little kid, if if one of my actual parents had to like be involved, and my mom was like super involved, like she was yeah. maybe too involved. But like when it came to like us as kids all being together, like in a room or whatever, my older siblings were like the upper management where they would handle everything they possibly could before it would get to my parents. And they would try to like Oof. hand down rulings and stuff. And, and yeah. as the youngest, I was the youngest for so long, the game became, how can I turn my oldest siblings on my middle siblings? Because my <laughs> oldest siblings hated my middle siblings. So like <laughs> my older brother, Jack and Linny, if I could get them to be mad at Anthony and Kevin, I would do that because then they would be nicer to mm -hmm. me. And <laughs> yeah. the, we're the ones in the middle. I'm just going to be, yeah. you know, I'm going to buddy up with the older ones. And that yeah. was the game. Yeah. So, so I think I think yeah. depending on how many kids you have in your family, it seems to work out. So you that way. you pretty much were born to be a politician. Yeah, <laughs> you born were politic in the family before politics was oh, a thing. Oh yeah, he oh, was I learning mean, yeah. how to turn people on each other, how to make them like yeah. each other. Oh yeah, who to be nice. And I think done well in Game of Thrones. Yeah, and that's the point. Yeah, and Matt even says it about his little brother that like. Matt, Matt's little brother, Alex, and I put myself in this same category. We're like just prototypical pieces, like little shits, like little causing fucking little, little shits. Oh. And like you said, you said with your, I think you said it about your brother, like how you would wait for your opportunity and then punch him in the nuts. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. And it's like, yeah. 
I know that I this is the how I can cause the most damage. Yep. <laughs> and I literally I, for some reason when I punch this guy in the in the groin, he gets really upset about it. <laughs> I literally turned I literally turned my uh, my younger brother's status and experience. I think that was another big uh, aspect of my wrestling career. Like I I still tell my kids this today, and I still used it in MMA and jujitsu, all that shit. Most of the time, I'm a, I'm a professional asshole. So I'm very good at like getting people annoyed and pissed off. So I would make guys yeah. want to fight me or come at me and get very angry at me in a wrestling match. Because when they're doing that, they're now going off emotion, not their technique. Yep. So they're right. so mad. It's, yep. All they want to do is hurt me instead of actually wrestle me. <laughs> and now I can like, you know, they're not thinking of what they're doing. And I'm completely okay with it because I did it for a living. My whole goal every day was to make my brother lose his cool and want to beat the shit out of me. That was my whole goal every day. Yeah. Yeah. And and to be said, there there were times that that happened, but you would also impose your will on people as well, Steve. It's not to say like you were always playing that game. That did happen where you would like you know get them angry and, and mentally beat them, but you were also imposing your will on a lot of guys too. And because so, I'm an asshole, I did take that a little too far or twice. I got kicked out of the uh, Disney National Duels <laughs> with our team because. Uh, so we go down there and it's like a national, our, like Matt was saying, our junior year, our team, I think my junior year, his sophomore year, I think our team ended up uh, third in the state. We were nationally, um, yeah. uh, we were uh, honorable mention in the nation. We were nasty, right? So we get invited down, yeah. which is, we get down in uh, the Disney duels, which was like a big tournament down in Florida. All these national all-star teams go. Instead of having an all-star yeah. team, yeah. they're like, it's PA. So we can just send a regular high school because they'll fuck these other teams up. <laughs> yeah. Well, of course, like yeah. Brandon doesn't go and somebody else doesn't go. So it's literally like me, Zach, and Joey are things. Or dear, you, you go down there? Were you no, on that I wasn't allowed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't allowed. So he, uh, so we're I wasn't down there. To leave the state. And there was a guy on one of the Mawa teams. Because remember how Mawas used to make their all-star teams? So there's a, yeah. there's a Mawa team down there. There's a guy from, I think he's from Connellsville. Matt might know. He's a fucking encyclopedia with wrestling. But John Henry Zarziski was a two-time state runner-up. And he's from somewhere in District, mm -hmm. District 10 up the Lehigh Valley. Kid was nasty. I was yeah. nowhere near on his level. So he starts, like, to, yeah. to take him down, let him up game. And in wrestling... It's, oh. it's the most embarrassing, degrading thing you could ever have done. Because they're just it's like a, in, it's a it's a disrespect kind of thing. Just like in MMA, like not disrespect, watch, but yes. Yeah. When you watch like UFC, like if you get knocked out, any person can get caught with a fluke punch and knocked out. When you get Correct. taken down, yeah. ridden, and then submit it, that's not by accident. That wasn't a fluke. That dude just dominated the shit out of you. Just like mm -hmm. in wrestling, yeah. where if I pin you, you could be like, "I'm better than you." Just caught me. But if you do what they call a get tech caught. ball. That's him just absolutely blowing the doors off of you, right? So this kid's yeah. on his way to doing this to me. He's taking me down, letting me up. I am not the one for that, right? I'm, I'm already losing my cool. So he's – and, I mean, that didn't yeah. happen to me that often. It, I, a couple guys, Zach Esposito did it, which I was completely fine with because the kid was a savage. And Matt Stornolio did it to me, completely okay with it because he's a savage. I don't know who this John Henry <laughs> Zarziski kid was, right? I'm like, fuck this kid. So eventually – and he's kind of being a dick, and he was from, like, the Lehigh area, so he's not a pussy. He's, like, kind of – being a little bit tough. So finally, halfway through the third period, I looked at Chets and I was like, I'm going to punch him. And Chets was like, don't do that. Don't do that. I'm like, if he fucking keeps doing this, I'm going to punch him. So then eventually he kept doing it and I just fucking punched him right in his face in the middle of the match. <laughs> they threw me out of the gym. That tournament, I wasn't allowed back in for the day. My dad's losing his cool because he paid for me to go to Florida for this tournament. Now I'm already kicked out because I punched the kid. And like, it was just a whole fucking mess. That's but awesome. The, uh, when, uh, when Steve says Chets, 
Uh, his name is, uh, it was our coach. His name was Robert Schetzlein, but we all called him Schetz. But yeah. he was our wrestling coach at that time. And a, but, legend, yeah, so. a legend. Now that I'm a coach, I can't believe the luck that this man has had yeah. in his life with. I think he's had, he's sat in the corner. There's only two chairs. So in a wrestling tournament, there's only, at a regular match, you can have as many coaches as you want. But in a tournament style, yeah. there's only two chairs and two coaches allowed in each corner. And for the state yeah. finals, which is almost unheard of to get a kid there, I haven't even had a state medalist in 13 years, let alone a state champion. And when you get a kid yeah. in there, it's a big deal. So he's literally, and the guy I coach with right now, Anthony Stagliano, has been a coach forever, legend in the sport, has coached at the Division One level, has All-Americans under him. He's, he's a legend, right? This guy uh, has wasn't in the chair, but was a coach on PW when Justin Giovinco was winning titles over at PW. Okay. But he wasn't in the yeah. in the corner. Shets, on the other hand, has literally been in the corner for I think we did a count the one time between hit with Ed Clavon and everything. I think he's been in the corner for 12 state finals. And I think his record is 11 and one. Damn, Jesus. And, and I tell Who's the, one? That, uh, the one that lost. That was Matt Kim. Took second oh. at heavyweight. Oh, the heavyweight. Yeah. Matt yeah. Kim took second. But he was so he was there for all of Courtnick one three. He was there right? for Courtnick's three. He was there for not for Finaccio's one. He was there for Courtnick's brothers one. So that's five. He was there for Freiling's two. That's six seven. He was there for Josh Henson. Henson. That's eight. And then yeah. there's am I missing one more? Uh, oh, then he was in the corner for Kim who lost. So that's not yeah like not there's nine matches right there in the state finals. And yeah, Shets, and, that's, I love not, death, and but, that's only going up to 2003. And I love Shets to death, but he's he's not, uh, you know, he's not um, Joe Pop. He wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, he wouldn't, uh, he wouldn't corner my matches. Nah. Me and him fought a lot. Yeah, I did. I, he, oh, he, yeah, he, really? I so I, ha I had him time, as a teacher, by the way. I had Mr. Shets as a teacher. You did have Shets. <laughs> we were so a math teacher. Hell yeah. So, yeah, to, to be fair, to be fair to Shets, one, I was a huge asshole. Yeah. Two, I I thought because we were getting all this extra training and like I had a mentor and all these things, I thought I knew more than him, and I didn't. And I thought I, I knew I all this stuff. That, I didn't. I don't know about that. I think you might have. <laughs> I could have, but I, I thought were a, we were getting. You were an encyclopedia, and Shets really didn't care. He just kind of inherited great wrestlers. He did. He was very. I mean. Well, so that's very nice of you to say, but uh, so, but either way, he would be showing moves at practice. And I remember there was this wrestler from Easton and I used to train in Easton a lot with these yep. guys. Yep. And his name was Gino Fortabono. Oh, I got a story for him. One of, one of the best uh, state finals matches I'll, you'll ever see. Yes. It was fantastic. Yes. And he ended up winning Gino Fortabono, but he, they, he was on a team that had, it was a state championship team. That had won like it's the one at of the most winning weights, schools in the at a twelve weights, eight of them got a state medal in one year. Damn. Yeah. We I haven't had one kid get a state medal in thirteen years. They had eight kids in one year get state medals. Jeez. Yeah. And th this is a team. This is a program that's the the it's the best in it's the most storied program in Pennsylvania, in America. Eastern High School in America. Yeah. The best it is, and it's a public school, so they don't. Mm -hmm. People don't. They don't recruit. People just nope. go there because it is the best. And the, the school across the, best the street wrestling school. is just as good. And at their level, and at the double A, Wilson, double a. Yeah, yeah, Wilson. And if, if yeah. they had one school, they have more Olympic gold medalists, NCAA champions. Yeah. Yeah. It is 
bonkers that's come out of that school. Yeah, and yeah. they have a good football team. Too. Always they're, a good. They're I, tough kids, I, yeah. man. They're tough. They kids. played uh, North Penn and the Eastern. Area. Yeah, very North tough area. area. Those it's kids, a tough area. Those Lehigh Valley kids do not play around. Yeah, so in wrestling, there's this. It's District 11. Is really like people consider that that's like almost it, as it's tough the as the state tournament itself. It's the mecca yeah. of wrestling. District in 11. Yeah, agreed. So either way, Gino Fortabono's big star out of Easton, and stories would go around of him arguing with his coach, who was the coach of arguably the number one team in the nation, and, and this and guy's ar- the most legendary, one of the most legendary coaches ever in Steve Pal. Yeah, not Steve Pal for Powell, sure. Legend. To- legend a complete legend hall of famer one of the best wrestling coaches of all time ever and this kid is arguing with him at practice saying that move fucking sucks you don't fucking know (laughs) and like i would hear these stories from these guys and they're upperclassmen i'm like man that's cool so like when shets would show moves at practice i would say like dude that doesn't fuck pull pull right go fuck yourself it's not gonna work and it did it really didn't but like I didn't like I I wasn't in a position where I could say that stuff. You agreed, know what I mean? And I, you know what I mean? Agreed. So like I shouldn't have argued with him, and me and him would fight. Like I would call. Like I was like like we would yell at each other and shit, and he would throw me out of practice and things. Like we would not get along. But when I would have a match at like a tournament or something like that, it would be Castle and Kersman that would corner for me. And Castle's the man. He wouldn't corner. <laughs> Okay, I love Cass. The, Kersman too. Love Kersman. Kersman's a great guy. The funny thing is, though, with that yeah. too, in that same token, I was I, I didn't vocalize it to Shets because I kind of like just the way my dad was to me. Like that's not not my spot, right? I'd vocalize it to you guys, but not to him out there. When kids have done that to Stags, my uh, my head coach that I've been around, and that's the first thing I nip in the butt because I'm still young enough that I'll beat yeah. their asses at this point like in a wrestling yeah. match. So yeah. like the second I see that he needed someone like a, like a Lindley to go, Oh no, Matt, shut the fuck up because you don't know shit. Yeah. And you shut the fuck up. It's your coach. But, kids, but kids at the time I could beat all the coaches, not, not Lindley. Yeah. Lindley, uh, Lindley already left. Lindley had left. Or well, he just stopped. He, he would only, he would only show up like once or twice. Okay. He wasn't showing up a okay. lot. Yeah. Yeah. But like, you but Castle, Kersman, and, and Shets, I could beat all of them. You ain't so. beating Lindley. Yeah. No. And I wouldn't I wouldn't think I would be. That yo, that, again, a <laughs> so, guy that one of the strongest humans on earth. Keep going. Lindley Kissler. Legend. Uh, yeah. Dan Gable. So but he, no, but I wasn't yeah, for sure. He wrestled at Iowa. Yeah. Shake uh, doesn't second, know this. We're saying second, all this stuff like Shake. Took second in the country. Was a two-time Big Ten. So, Shake, this I think guy. I recognize the name. This, this random guy. Lindley walks, Kistler. My freshman year, this random guy walks into our into the North Penn wrestling room because he got a job at Merck. Uh-huh. So, he walks in. This is the closest yeah. high school. He walks in. He has this goofy-ass haircut. Fucking first name's yeah. Lindley. It's all. You ever like, what the fuck? He's, cu- he's a country boy, uh-huh. right? Yep. He's like, from like Utah from, area. He's from like Oklahoma. Yeah, something out yeah, there. yeah, something like that. So he comes <laughs> in. He's like, hey, this is a cool school. You guys mind? Uh, you guys mind if you need uh, any help coaching? And Shets, who's an asshole, I love him to death. I, I'm an asshole too. Shets was like, the fuck out of this room. Like, I got plenty of coaches and I got plenty <laughs> yeah, of good wrestlers. Like, yeah, yeah. dude, this is North Penn. Yeah. Get the fuck out. The same, you know, with get fuck out. So he's like, okay, yeah. no problem, because Lindley was the strangest bird too. So he's like, yeah, no problem. Yeah. So he goes walking out, and our assistant coach is like, holy shit, let me go see who that is, Kersman. So Kersman runs out in yeah. the hallway, and he's like, hey, uh, what, what's you know, what, what's the deal? What's your name? And he's like, oh, my name's Lindley. He's like, did you wrestle? I can see you have, like, I mean, he had no ears. His cauliflower was disgusting. He's like, so yeah. did uh, yeah. did you wrestle or anything? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I, I wrestled in college. He was like, oh, you did? Where'd you go? And he's like, 
Iowa? And he's like, Iowa? Uh, what? what? Did you wrestle? You wrestled for Dan Gable? And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh. <laughs> and the guy's like, and he's like, did you, uh, were you on varsity? He's like, yeah, I, uh, you know, I wasn't as good as my brother. His brother, by the way, was the outstanding wrestler of the 1985 NCAA Division I tournament of every wrestler in there. His brother was not only a national <laughs> champion, but the outstanding wrestler of the fucking tournament, Marty Kistler. Yeah. So Lindley goes, yeah. oh, yeah, I mean, I, I, was, I wasn't my brother, but I, I, I won two Big Ten titles, which is almost as hard as winning NCAAs. Big Ten's is insane. Yep. He's like, I won two Jeez. Big Ten titles. Two number one. Yep. And he was a two-time All-American and took second in the nation and lost in the finals when he was, uh, he, had, he was like, had a chance to win, took a bad shot, ended up losing, but took second in the fucking country. Kersman's like, no, you're lying. Like, that, that can't be true. And then we find out it is. Yeah. And next thing you know, he's coming into the goddamn wrestling room with slacks and a, and yeah. a, and a dress shirt and holding his hands behind his back going, you guys don't even know how to use your hips. Just try to take me down. And with literally with no hands, dominate everybody in the room. <laughs> yeah, dude, I, was, I, I will say this too. Uh, not the best looking guy, nah. but his wife was a rocket. Smoke show. This is how cool Lindley was. One, he lived in a massive house. Massive, massive house. We'd go over his house and he we would bring like VHSs of our wrestling matches. And he would watch the matches with us and yep. help us like critique them and all that stuff. Super awesome dude. Wife smoking hot. And the kids, the kids were like Super real little. Cute. They uh, would hang at, yeah, the nicest kids. They would hang at like, he had like a balcony in his like living room TV area. And they were supposed to be in bed and they would come out and like hide in the balcony and watch us. And they all had a crush <laughs> on Joey Radisoni. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, here's the thing. So yeah. do I, do I, and Lindley was also a master motivator, right? So he literally, my junior year, yes. uh, said girlfriend, who was the manager who we spoke of earlier, um, mm-hmm. he used to come up to me and go, you know, if you lose to this guy, he's going to fuck your girlfriend because he deserves it. <laughs> and I, I swear to God, I would be like, I, you know, I would act like it didn't affect me. I, I would act like it didn't affect me. And then I was like, now I'm looking out. over and I see her looking over towards him. And I'm like, is she looking at him? Because, oh, my God, I'm like, oh, I, I got to beat this fucking guy. I would rather die on that mat <laughs> at that point than lose. And when I come up, Lindley had yeah. a big smile on his face. He'd be like, you did good. You get the fucker again. I'm like, oh, my God, Lindley. Come yeah. on, dude. <laughs> come on, dude. All right, fans. Now time for a break in the action to enjoy one of our favorite segments on the show. This is The Date You Hate with our good friend Alexander Graham Bach. Alexander Graham, what's the date and what do you hate? The date is January 25th. 1915. So I've been going over this invention in my head for a while now. It's uh, you hold this thing up to your ear and you can you can talk to people miles away. So I'm telling this to my buddy Alexander Graham Bell the other day, and um, come to find out that um, he stole my freaking idea. I mean, what a rat bastard! He's my he's one of my good friends, and he just takes my freaking idea and runs with it. That's the date, and that's what I hate. All right, that was the date you hate with our good friend Alexander Graham Bach. Now back to the show. Uh, I did want to bring this up, and we brought this up on the Pete episode. I know this is a wrestling-heavy episode, but fucking, it's still pretty awesome. But we brought this up on the Pete episode. We brought this up on the Pete episode about the Upper Perk match, and uh, I did bring it up, and I fucking I love you for this. 
we're wrestling. So Shake didn't. Uh, so we talked about the spotlight. There's no lights on the wrestlers on the sidelines. There's only a light on the mat. And Upper Perk is going bananas. Thousand Steve people in that wins. gym. Thousand people in that gym. Yeah, and and they're and they're dude, and it's nonstop going oh. nuts. Like try, try. Yeah, 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 yeah. They're yeah. pants. And they're going. They're going ape shit and like really, really like raining down on us. Steve, Steve's match was one of the big ones because it was an up in the air match, yep. right? Like mm-hmm. they go in. Steve was, the, I thought going into it, the, uh, you know, like I had done my research, but I thought Steve was definitely the better guy. But you know, you never. It was a close captain, one. so. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. And Steve, so when you have an upperclassman, and it's like it's always tough. But Steve goes in, wins at the last second. Yep wins at the last mm. second wins beats this guy and as they're raising his hand he flips off the crowd <laughs> and then i'm pretty sure and like a pretty sure tom and uh pat wertan said that they were throwing quarters and nickels at yeah. kids on the bench oh, after yeah. i did that grown yeah. adults are yeah. throwing awesome. change at yeah. kids that's Bottles, the type of, everything that's what you get up there at upper perk baby <laughs> yeah dude they would I remember the year before, uh, we were still at LC at the time, but we went to the Upper Perk North Penn match. Yep. And I remember they filled up the away stands, and Richie Kincaid threw a bottle into their stands at their fans because <laughs> that's how big of assholes they were. Oh, they were nuts, right? dude. They were nuts. That's another legend, Richie Kincaid. Love that dude. Oh, man. Um, so, Okay. So let's keep this moving then. Yep. Uh, okay. Did you, did you have, so what did you had a story about Fortabono? Oh, okay. So like I said, I barely, I barely wrestled at ESU, right? I got a bunch of scholarships because my grades were the yeah. worst grades on earth. So I didn't even show up to class, but I got an 1120 on my SATs. Right. So they were like, Oh, this nice. kid's not stupid. He clearly has a brain in his head. He just doesn't give a fuck. I got so they were 60. like, I got a bunch of scholarship offers and they were like, we need you to do a summer session to just make sure you didn't get lucky, and so I go, yeah, yeah, yeah. go to ESU. Uh, start, I go there with Mark Smith, who was uh, recruited there, too. So the kids there yeah. are like, oh, this fucking clown. Like, did you ever get pinned by him? I'm like, yeah. no, no, never. And, you know, no, he, God, no. Sure did. Yeah. And then I was like, and then once I saw him pin all them, I was like, yeah, that's what I fucking thought. So I fucking thought. Yeah, everyone gets pinned by this goofball. That's what I fucking thought. This fucking ape. Yeah, right? Yeah. So anyway. Dude, I so what, uh, get the were there. you there with Jordan Steiner? Uh, no, Jordan was, was Jordan, Jordan, Jordan was like, he's your age. So he was like four years after me when he went there. Yeah. But, uh, I fucking love Jordan. Jordan, yeah. my, my yep. brother, man. Love that dude. Rich is, uh, Rich's son-in-law boy. That's right, that's man. A, that's that's a, right. So that's sorry, a, keep going. That's a tough father-in-law. Anyway. So he, uh, <laughs> the toughest, the toughest. agreed. So, uh, we, I go, <laughs> I end up going, uh, to Monco. Then I went to temple, right? So I'm at temple and I'm only taking like a class or two. Cause I really don't want to go to college. I'm working full time. I'm making $40,000 a year as yeah. a 20 year old. I'm just going there to find chicks because I'm a complete asshole yeah. at this point in my life, right? So I'm in sure. there, and sure. uh, we were all there. They all they uh, they ended up uh, getting rid of um, the wrestling program at Temple. So they get rid of the program, right? They get rid of the program, uh, but they do have uh, what they call the Pal League, which is the Police Athletic League, right? Mm-hmm. So back then it was kind of like club wrestling, but it was under the under the Pal banner. So I'm like, yeah. all right, I'll go in there. And the city traditionally, especially in Philadelphia, even though Pennsylvania is the the hub of wrestling, for those who don't know. Philadelphia is a hub of football and basketball, not wrestling. So like in the actual state of Pennsylvania, we're not a powerhouse, this area, because around Philadelphia, Philadelphia yeah, you get mostly, and especially in Philly, there's almost no wrestling. Right. So yeah, except for miles Lee, shout out to him. He's about to destroy people in MMA, my guy, but uh, he, uh, so he ended up uh, 
But uh, uh, real quick though, uh, there's no high school wrestling in Philadelphia, but college wrestling, Penn and Drexel, huge. massive, huge, massive, huge. right? So just Penn, to, yeah. Penn was the first program ever. That out. The first program in America to yeah. ever have wrestling was at University of Penn. So yeah, we ended up, and and our boy Big Pete wrestled at Drexel. That's yeah, a dragon so, boy. The dragon, my guy. Yeah. So, so so all right. So you're at the pal. Uh, you're wrestling for pal kicking kids and asses, okay, go ahead. Right? kicking kids asses. Yep. Kids suck. They all like, I wrestled in high school. One of them. And I'm like, yeah, I hate when kids say that. Cause there's yeah. kids that are wrestlers. And then there's kids that tried to wrestle. It's like me being saying yeah, I was yeah. a football player when, you know, I sat on the bench the whole time and whatever. So these kids are like, yeah. yeah, I wrestled. And I'm like, you did. So now my ego is the size of a fucking billboard. Oh, right. Yeah. Cause I'm trashing kids. Yeah. They're talking to, they're talking me up. Like I'm fucking Zach Fryling. Right. They're like, this kid's amazing. <laughs> he must be like a state champ. I'm like, nah, I didn't even place whatever. So he's, uh, yeah. they're like, there's this guy that beats the shit out of us and he's a dickhead. And I'm like, all right. And they're like, you're going to kick his ass. <laughs> and I'm all, I'm all, you know, these kids are gassing me up. So I'm all, yeah, yeah. Let's bring this fucking clown. Fuck yeah. And fucking I knew, let's go. and I knew, uh, Gino, because I used to wrestle with Matt Brown or with, uh, yeah, Matt Brown and, uh, or Dan yeah. Brown, Dan yeah. Brown, who was two time state runner up. And, uh, Gino. But he has a brother named Matt. Too. Yes. Yep. But Dan, so Dan was yeah. my, or Dan and Gino were the same grade. They were a year above me. Yeah. So yeah. I used to wrestle with them when we'd go up there up at Easton and wrestle around, right? They knew Gino knew me on first name or first name basis. So I walk yeah. over and the first thing I see is Gino. And I'm like, Oh boy. Oh, they're like, You're that champ. And I'm like, oh, no. uh, fellas, 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 yeah. fellas. They're like, <laughs> What? I'm like, this kid's gonna fucking kill me. I'm like, Gino is yeah. Gino's a monster. And Gino was like, he's he was the goofiest, funniest Italian too, because he was his family straight off the boat. He even had like a twang yeah. to his accent. You could hear like the yeah. the, the small Italian like uh, accent from him. Yeah. And Gino yeah. was like, "Oh, this is the guy." Because I'm sure they were going to Gino. Like, we got a guy that's gonna kill you. And <laughs> yeah, yeah, so yeah. my next question immediately, because like he said, Gino was a legend. This kid was a fucking PA monster. I look at him and I'm like, "Yeah, what the fuck are you doing wrestling in the Pal League in Philadelphia? Why are you not at like yeah. Michigan or Penn State?" Or Ohio, what the fuck yep. are you doing here? Or Nebraska, which right? he could have gone to any one of those programs. Kid was an amazing good. wrestler. But yeah, so that I yep. like I said, I I thought I was the man, and then I walk in and Gino's like, this fucking clown. I'm like, oh no, oh no. <laughs> and long story short, I didn't wrestle him. I bitched out. I was like, I do. I already know how this is gonna go, and we're good. I like feeling like I'm a champion. I don't need you to humble me. I'm gonna stay right where I'm at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gino is a tough, tough, tough dude. But to and see a kid I, of that level with a pal, what the? Yeah. I was like, what the fuck yeah. are you doing here? He, he's legit one of those where. So there's certain guys in wrestling that they have like an aggression and they use wrestling to get out their aggression and and like they need to hurt people. Yes, Gino right? is one. Gino, Gino is one of those. So he's probably at the pal league, just like, all right, this is where I get my hurting in, yep. and I get my hurting fix, which prevents me from murdering people. Know who else? You know, know, like, know who else is that guy? Oh my God. Know who else is that guy? My my boy Brandon. Oh, one hundred percent. Brandon will <laughs> Brandon will fuck a kid up and not even lose a daylight no. of sleep. No, it, uh, honestly, he probably won't sleep unless he fucks. Yeah, I know. Up, Fine, dude. <laughs> dude, I we brought That's that right. up on uh, on his episode. He, I'm, yeah, Brandon is a tough, tough son of a bitch. One of the toughest a kids I've ever. Through, I've been through a lot of shit between MMA, between jujitsu, between wrestling, between everything. One of the toughest kids I've ever met in my life. 
Agreed. Agreed. Couldn't agree more. And I've met, and I'm in the same boat, met some tough sons of bitches. Yep. yep. Brandon is right up there with all. Oh, he yeah. is way up there. If, we, if someone would have sure. pushed bad, him, bad son of a bitch. If someone would have pushed him into MMA when he was like 18, that motherfucker would have been, he would have been somebody big. Oh, big time. Because he had all big the mental time. tools. He had all the physical tools. He was perfect oh, yeah. for the sport. And he, and he loves to hurt. Oh, yeah. He loves to <laughs> fuck people up. Did he tell you the uh, yeah. Did he tell you the uh, Narstown story with um, Jason Ellis? No. There was this who, who, jacket. Jason. Jason was it Ellis? Jason. Yeah, I think it was Jason Ellis. Not the not the weirdo that okay. does the podcasting and skateboarding, but this oh, right. yoked ass African American feller from Narstown that was jacked. Okay. And he was a good wrestler. Okay. Tough as shit, right? He starts wrestling Brandon. Yeah. He now Brandon had that illegal fucking wrist roll. So yep, they yep. go, they go that went against your elbow joint and your shoulder joint. It was nasty as fuck. Illegal yep. as hell, but he did it so quick, no one ever saw it. He ends up running this guy. Yep. He ends up this guy, uh, they go out of bounds right off the bat, and Ellis like shoves the shit out of Brandon. He kind of like loses, oh. loses his footing. At Narstown. At when Narstown was nasty too. They had Jimmy Swig or they had Swig, yeah. they had uh Jimmy Hardy, they had uh Hart- Barry. Yeah, yeah. They were they were they were stacked, right? So he throws them off mm-hmm. the mat onto the wood. And Brandon stands up, and right away he has that Brandon face on, right? So our whole team's uh, like, oh, boy. He walks back <laughs> to the circle with the most aggressive look I've ever seen, and I'm like, this ain't going to be good. And because I'm his boy, no. just to hype him up even more, everyone else is, like, kind of worried. I'm, like, laughing at him, acting like it's, you know, I'm, like, point. He would do the same thing. I'm, like, pointing at him, like, you just got thrown on the wood. And Brandon's like, yeah, all right, hold on, yeah, yeah, hold yeah. on, hold on. So he walks over, all politely, <laughs> puts that fucking wrist roll in, and abs, and this kid was yoked, so he tried to go against it, which is the worst thing you can do. And just absolutely Ooh, ripped his shoulder almost off his fucking arm. This kid, <laughs> this kid never, I don't think he ever wrestled again. Ripped his shoulder off his fucking <laughs> arm in front of all these people at NARS had after the whole gym went, oh, and he pushed him out yeah. of bounds. And then Brandon just stood up yeah. all calm and psyched and sociopath-like and walked off the mat and stared. Slapped his thighs. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Slap, slapped his thighs. It was just like I was saying, Shake, after he got up from the headlock in the episode we had, he gets up from the headlock, and the look on his face is just like, I'm thinking about it now, picturing it now, and I'm like, Jesus Christ. It is like, you're dying. Yes. Whoever he's, whoever, whoever's <laughs> getting, whoever is the result of that look is a dead man. Yes. I'm just telling you right now. But yeah, Brandon, definitely one of the toughest sons of bitches going. So mm-hmm. let's keep this going, though. So like you were saying, uh, you went, you know, East Stroudsburg, yeah. then to Monaco, then to Temple for a little bit, but you're still working this whole time, yes. right? Yeah. So when you're working in a garage, and I know you started early, do you graduate like you started with, you know, rotating tires yes. and changing oils and all that? And then what, like, so how, what is the progression? Like you go from like the rotating tires, changing oils, which is like, the, we'll just say it's like the the basic kind yes. of stuff like yes like even if you're not a mechanic like th- you can that's figure it safe out. enough for yes. you to attempt yes. exactly right so what's after that so like, your next where step, do you go from there your next step eventually is to be able to do the other things that take a little bit of skill and a little bit of someone showing you and also specific tools right you learn how to use these specific tools because there's all types of crazy okay. i mean our shop I can't even explain oh, yeah. how many fucking tools are in this goddamn place because oh, there's some imagine. cars, literally you only need one tool for one car that only works on one car. It's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, yeah. so you get mm-hmm. into the spot where you start to move to like, now I know how to check a person's air filter, the the belt. Uh, if I, I can hear like exhaust stuff and you can do small things like that. Then the next progression, it's like a four step, I would say. The first is what you just explained. The second is a little more intense than that, but not that much. 
The, the third one is where you literally start to understand the uh, intricacies of how a motor works, how a vehicle works. And just like anything, when you know how it works, you can fix it because you know the process behind it, right? Hmm, so that's yeah. the, finally the one that really sets you apart from being like a longtime person. And don't get me wrong, you know, I'm not complaining in any facet, but I hate working on cars, right? I was just bred into it. It was never my passion. Yeah. But I was bred into it. Yeah. I'm good at it. I make money. I can pay my bills. I, I'm okay, right? I'm not complaining. Yeah. But yeah. the last and thing, you don't mind doing nah, it. No, nah, no. I get the, the right? big thing for me was yeah. I get to I get to go to fucking work with my brother every day, right? So people were yeah. always like, "Hey, how could?" And I get to bring my I have a Rottweiler. I bring him to the shop. He has a Doberman. He brings it to the shop. Like you know, we have that type of scenario. I also have no boss, so yeah. one day I feel like shit. I can tell my brother he can suck my dick, and nobody's getting fired, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So then, the, the, but the final progression to be a, an actual, in our opinion, a good mechanic a real mechanic because uh, some guys go to dealerships and in a dealership, you only have to do your same product over and over again. If I'm at a Honda dealership, yeah. I know how to work on Hondas, but I throw a Volkswagen yeah. in front of yeah. him. He has no idea what the fuck's going on. Right. In an independent yeah. garage, yeah. Like this, I see everything from a Pinto to a fucking, a Bentley, right? You have to know how to work on everything. Yeah. And then, but the big step is on any level is to be able to, the big, the hardest thing I think in, in mechanics is the diagnostics of things. So when you come in Ooh. and like that funny commercial where you come in and they say, yeah, my car's doing a ting, ting, ching, bing, ding. Yeah, now yeah, I got to yeah, try to yeah. figure out what fucking noise you're talking about. And then while I'm driving down the road, I have to diagnose it by thinking like, so like, say it's a wheel bearing. You're, you're trying to explain this weird noise. When I drive down the road, I hear it. Now I have to make sure that part, what I'm hearing is right. Because the, the staple of a, in a, in a average person's mind is if I get this wrong on this shot where you said you heard this noise and I say, I heard it too. This is what it is. You paid me $500, you leave this shop and it's still making that noise that you hear. Now you, you lose, you lose faith in me. Right. So, yeah, yeah, which is kind yeah. of, which we, we, you know, I understand on for both perspectives, but the analogy we always used was how many times you ever been to the doctor and you said, this hurts. He gives you something. You go back a week later. You're like, no, this shit's still not right. And he's like, oh, okay. I just, maybe I give yeah. you something else. Let me, how about you try this? Like those guys mm -hmm. can afford it that extra space where there's no space for error in mechanics, probably because yeah. most mechanics are ripping yeah. people off and they're pieces of shit. So that's why there, there is like, you do have that there. The, I'm not going to lie, Steve. And I, I know I've suffered from it. Shake. I'm assuming you have too, where there is that stigma. And it usually stems from you go to, and I'm not going to name it, but we'll just say uh, like you go to a franchise place, yes. right? Yep. Like, uh, you know, like a franchise place, you go in there and you're like, look, I just need, uh, you know, oil change, tire rotation and whatever. And then they call you back saying you need new brakes, yep. new rotors, yep. new this, whatever. And like, you're perfectly fine. And they want to chart because they're working off of commission. Sure are. You know what I mean? Sure so they're going to lie to you and all that stuff. You're yeah. working off of, I just want to fix your car. Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. you know, like, you're not and in this industry, the commission. And in this industry, you've had a bunch of people come in, want us to like do marketing and everything. And we've never marketed a day in our life. Because our marketing is our customers. <laughs> yeah, good for you. Our, yeah, our, customers, you, say, yeah, our customers go out and, you know, in 25 years, even though, like I said, I'm a giant asshole, we've never fucked a person here ever. So even if, we, if I did do something wrong, we're very quickly to admit it and explain to you how this happened so that you realize and I'll yeah. take you out the and shop, I'll show you too. and I'll take care of it. If it's on us, I'll take care of yeah. it. Yeah. Right. So we make yeah. our wrongs right. If something like, God forbid, I say, hey, you come in, you say, I hear this noise. I said, hey, it's, it's your front struts. We replace the struts. You're like, dude, the noise is still there. I'm like, fuck man maybe they were bad i didn't lie to you but there is something else going on let me attend to that and you know what this time it's on mm -hmm. us because i made that mistake to show you that i'm you know we're trustworthy it's on me don't even worry about yeah. paying just take it and tell me how it is and they're like oh it works great you know so that person now yeah. how many times have you met a guy that says 
man, I got to go to the shop. And they go, I fucking hate this. And you're like, I got a guy that yeah. won't lie to you. So the word of mouth, yeah. I'm exactly. like, when I have these guys come in, these marketing guys, I'm like, go oh, get out of here. They're like, what? I go, what, what, a, what an average person does for us, you could never do. Yeah, dude, because you're, you are 100% right. Because being able to trust someone with your automobile is a huge thing. Like when you're leasing, like when you do get it from a dealership and say you're, you're leasing the car, mm -hmm. they want the re they want to resell that car. So they sure kind do. of like, they are kind of, they are kind of invested sure in are. it. So it makes Agreed. it better for yeah. them. Agreed. But for you, for you, right. You're invested in the person like returning and coming back and spreading the word of like, yeah, they took care of it. They actually yeah. fixed it. And they and didn't the referrals. Me. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And it does. Help like that's, dude, it does help too. I think that's it, massive. I think that the other thing they feel comfortable with too, when they come in here is knowing that we're all hundred percent family in here. You don't have to deal with the manager yeah. who's maybe talking to the Ugh. general manager who's talking to the oil yeah. change boy. Yeah. No, like, like who has, who has permission to even make these decisions. Yeah. And it's even, it's yeah. literally, yeah. it's come to this point in our lives that, like I said, I started here was when I was 11, my dad had a big following. That's how he started his own business. So there's literally people that still come to us that have known me since I was an 11 year old boy in here running around like an asshole. So like they come in and they're like, you know, <laughs> yeah. they know like they, they might as well be family to us. It's like, it's not a, they're not bringing their yeah. car to the shop. They're literally coming to see a friend and get their car done, you know? Yeah. 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 And that dude, yeah. honestly, and that, that kind of thing, you couldn't, that is such like a hidden gem kind of like, that is so valued, right? Yep. To be able to say that, that's like, dude, honestly, well, I feel like it's like an honor. You yeah. know what I mean? Yep. Because it is, it is true. There is a stigma with mechanics and people that work in the garage. It's and the truth. Like being able to fight against that, yep. you guys, and like having a family run business where you're not screwing over the working man. Like someone's going to get the work the next day because of you. And they're also going to be able to pay their rent and not be fucked because someone lied to them about them needing like rotors yep. and all that shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like there's honor in that, yeah. you know, and that's, you should be very yeah. proud of that, you know? Uh, yeah. I, you, man. yeah. I mean, and like I said, again, too, the big thing with us was like, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't, I don't enjoy working on cars. They're, they're a pain in the ass. Nothing's ever the right way. It always has to be fabricated. <laughs> Nothing fits the right way. It's a fucking nightmare, right? Half the cars, half yeah. these Japanese cars were made by guys that have fingers the size of your daughter. So, you know, it's, a, it's not meant, you know, it's not meant for grown ass man. It's a fucking nightmare. And, but the, 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 the whole aspect of it with me seeing my father every day, getting to see my brother every day, being having like that yeah. aspect of it, 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 it was a good, a great thing. I mean, my, now people always yeah. would go, how come, like, I never see when we went on the weekends, like my brother obviously knows my friends and I know his friends and we have mutual friends in between. No, like, I've never seen you two hang out on like the weekends. Why don't, and I'm like, I see this motherfucker 80 hours a week. I don't need to see him <laughs> yeah. anymore. Like we're in here a hundred yeah. hours Monday through Friday. We don't yeah. need to see each other anymore. Yeah. And that's definitely a way to do it. Like if you have a family business, cause you like, it's like we just said with wrestling, you control your own destiny. If you want to work your ass off, you can succeed. If you want to slack, you're probably going to go out of business. You used to work at a Mazda dealership. Yeah, I, I was. And, and the thing is, I worked at a Mazda dealership and a Volkswagen dealership. Ironically, right before <laughs> Volkswagen had their big scandal for the emissions. Yeah. What one? What was the what was the deal? People in the know knew that shit was nonsense forever. Every time they were put out the shit, we're like, that's impossible. And people were like, no, they're doing it. We're like, no, they're not. Honda started it first. They call it U-Leap, which is ultra low emissions uh, tech, okay. like a, a technology that they use. They, they are, their catalytic converters have a lot more um, 
platinum in them that make it get a lot hotter. They burn a lot cleaner. That's their thing, right? So they're low emissions. It helps the environment, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. Well, then uh, Volkswagen was coming out with powerful engines, turbocharged, powerful engines going. These are very low emissions, too. They're so, like, they're great. They almost have zero emissions. And a lot of people were like, hmm, that's not how it works. Like, when you make a more powerful motor, it makes more compression, which is more explosion, which leads to more wasted fuel and uh, obviously exhaust. So we're like, that doesn't sound right, but I don't give a fuck. Say whatever you got to say. And then eventually, of course, it came out. They were like, no, it's bullshit. That's something like noobs like me and Shake had no like. No clue. You're, you just gave a whole synopsis of how a car works in like yeah. that short of time. Never heard any of that we stuff like, before in my yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it, <laughs> but you made it all make sense, and I totally like I understand yeah. it. But like I didn't when the guy says it like that. I had no way of thinking it that way. But your experience in the car industry and everything like that, yeah. you know exactly what it is. So when you so you can smell their bullshit from a mile away. Do you? Do you ever, so there's a show on Netflix. It's called Drive to Survive. It's about Formula One. I find that show absolutely fascinating. Okay. Now, I know like you don't like working on cars, but do you get into like car racing or anything like that when you're in like? Yeah, my dad was a big, my dad was a big NASCAR fan. Like I said, I, my brother was Oof. into cars. He had a really dope Roush Mustang. My, my dad was into stuff. I was always into like motorcycles and dirt bikes, but, uh, I, yeah. he, my dad was yeah. big into like NASCAR and Formula One and everything like that, right? So he loved all that shit. So I kind of like slowly gravitated towards it. And then at one point, uh, when you go to your first like actual NASCAR race, it's it's like I feel like, I don't understand how to, mm -hmm. it's yeah. almost like watching hockey on TV. It doesn't do it justice. Yeah. And or like watching an MMA event yeah. on TV, you'll never understand until you're actually there to hear what yeah. it sounds like for a guy's head getting hit and how hard they hit each other. Same thing with NASCAR, like for the people that go, oh, it's just left turns and rednecks, you know, when you go there and see 40 cars a millimeter away from each other going 200 miles an hour, there's no rumble oh, like a lever. You're just like, dude, that is fascinating. Shit. The whole, but from what I understand is at like those races, right? Do you like the, the fun thing to do is to wear the headset right and you can listen to different pit crews and stuff now i would yep. like yep. after them saying that that to me i was like now that's fucking cool because that would be interesting you know what i mean because like spotters you have guys telling you you know uh who's on your tail what your time lapse are what the guy behind you's time lap is so if you know if he's going quicker slower yeah so if you're going into a turn now you have to block them if you're going faster try to get in on them it's so much strategy plus to people. So like people, so obviously people associate like rednecks and, and hillbillies with NASCAR, but that's not the case. Like the technology, the technology and things they're using, they're not putting grain alcohol in their engines to outrun the cops anymore, babe. <laughs> These guys, nope. every inch of that car is monitored with the highest level of technology and they have to do that. Otherwise they're there. You can't compete. You know what I mean? So like, so here's, their whole shit, everything in there is top notch, and the guys watching that are specifically trained to that certain thing and that little. So oh, like, yeah. they're in it, man. That is really, oh, really yeah. high the level thing, stuff. The thing that kind of ruined it for me a little bit. This is where I went a little sour. So there was a thing that came instituted into uh, NASCAR. Probably I don't know. It might be a decade now, but it's called the restrictor plate. Okay. So what a restrictor plate does is keeps all cars can only go the same speed basically and have the same exact horsepower where so when people talk about uh, richard petty and how dominant he was richard petty for the equivalent for a regular person richard petty was racing guys with a v8 mustang racing around a bunch of guys in volkswagen jettas mm -hmm. jesus christ 
now they made that they to even the field to make it more like of a skill. Yeah. They have these things called restrictor plates. So at like uh, the big uh, track in, in PA is called Pocono, right? Yeah, of it's course. enormous. Yeah. The track's huge. Yeah. When I was a kid, they used to do 210 miles an hour down Pocono big Jeez. straightaway. Now they go about like 190 because of these restrictor plates. See, that's so like you're saying, if you're a NASCAR fan, that's got to like really take away from it. You know what I mean? And my like, dad, my dad, went, my dad was pissed when it happened. Plus two, like yeah. part of, if you're a, if you're a car guy, the whole thing is pushing it all the way. Like you want this mm-hmm. thing. Like, like, Hey man, if the engine blows out, whatever, we fucking push this thing to 320. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, that's yep. what you yep. want. So, so these restrictor plates, do you think they'll ever get rid of them? Or is that like, is that just a fucking, nah, because it, like it's a safety thing? Like the Dale Earnhardt. Oh, the Dale Earnhardt yeah. thing and things oh, like that. Yeah. It kind of, people were like, they're like, do you want to die and see if you can go the fastest? Or do you guys want to, you know, live and make some money and race each other? And they were like, yeah, cool. Yeah. We got kids. We'll and, race. And, and dude, money is being made. Money yeah. is being made. Oh, dude. They are actually formula one. Ra- oh, yeah. Oh, it's really interesting with Formula One versus NASCAR because Formula One yeah. does get all of this, you know, recognition, and they're and obviously they're U- and European, two. and they're seen as what they what two it really is associations for, too. Yeah, yeah, but what it really is for both ends of it is it's physics and engineering, and, yep. and, yes. and on like the highest level and In aerodynamics, really, really yeah. high stakes, you know, yeah. situation. Yeah. And but, I just don't understand, like, like why, why yeah. it, there's like this distinction. I guess it's like what you said with the restrictor plate, well, where well, like, but but ball. also like it's too when you say when you say NASCAR, everyone thinks rednecks, hillbillies, all that shit. When you say Formula One, you're thinking caviar, Rolexes, kings and queens. So there's really two different associations with kind of yeah. the same sport, different cars, same kind of sport, and obviously the the rules are different and everything like that, but. Formula One, they, they, there's no – is there a restrictor in Formula One too? Nah, but the big difference, the reason why this, this analogy works even better is too. So I would use the more of an analogy that Formula One is uh, European soccer and uh, NASCAR's rugby in New Zealand. Because oh. here, here we are. So, so when, you're, when you're in a Formula One race, you might pass one guy the entire race. A lot of turns, very, very hard to get any outside. They're not really guys real close to each other. When you're in NASCAR, there's 40 fucking guys a millimeter from your door playing bumper cars at a buck 80. Yeah. So the skill set is completely different. So, like, they try to do the crossovers where guys like Juan Pablo Montoya, who was a legend in, in uh, Formula One, came to NASCAR. Uh-huh. He shit the bed. Yeah. Because it was, he was like, yo, you fucking rednecks are banging each other at 100. What the fuck is this? Rubbing is racing, right, like, brother? Yeah, Rubbing is racing. Here come the Americans. Oh. <laughs> and then, like, you know, obviously the big thing, uh, Dale Earnhardt was famous for it. And a lot of people that don't understand. The, the big thing that, the, the reason why he was called the Intimidator was because, and he was one of my dad, or my brother's favorite guy. He used to come up behind you. And at that speed, with a, there's a thing that happens, a natural phenomenon called the draft, right? The okay. air creates this tunnel that comes around your car. You get in behind it. You literally get sucked into it. You don't have to use your gas. Mm-hmm. You can conserve gas. Ooh. You don't have to use it. So you ride people's things, right? Yeah. But if you get close enough, yeah. you can do what they call taking the air off the back of a guy's car. So if I fuck with that wind tunnel that's going over your car and create a different path for the wind, it takes the air off the back of your car and will cause you to get squirrely and 90% of the time crash at that speed. <laughs> what? And Dale Earnhardt used to do this to people all the time. That never happens in, in uh, Formula One. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, hold the fuck on here. <laughs> hold on. So pre-restrictor plates, 
right? Yes. Our fucking yes. boy, the Intimidator, Dale Earnhardt, yes. he's out there. Yes. So how so how do Legend you how do you steal the win? So like these guys, when they see Dale Earnhardt in their rear view, they're thinking, "Oh fuck me! Oh fuck me! Like what is happening?" So how do you steal the wind from the back of someone's car? So what he actually does is it creates that little sh shuttle around your car, right? Okay. So you imagine it wrapping it perfectly. Uh -huh. He comes in and, and creates, he opens that gap and creates a two car wind tunnel now, right? Okay. So you're in the your front of your car is breaking the wind. The back of his car is catching the wind. Okay. The front of his car is catching nothing. The back of yours, is, they're in the tunnel. Okay. When he, so he would get close enough to create this tunnel. And then all he lightly, your car's literally almost on ice skates at that point when you're inside this draft. Yeah. All he has to do is tap your bumper a tad bit and you're going for a ride. <laughs> so he would do that all the time. To That's people. so cool. So, this, so guys are scared. Like when they see him coming, they're just like, all right, let him pass. They knew I'm the deal. Fucking wreck it. Oh, yeah. And it was, and, and no so one some had, guys would to, to, no one had some the guys balls here and to, to try to like combat that. They would like tap the brakes. And he'd like, if he bangs into you, then he would shoot you forward. You can get out of it. Oh, Obviously, there was wow. stuff played, but so that's why they say it's kind of redneck because it really is bumper cars at a the skill to be able to keep your car under control at that speed. And what they do is <sighs> fucking bonkers. Unreal. bonkers. Unreal. Unreal. Dude, also to say like also the the fast like the the fast time reaction, like the quick reaction time, and you see it in Formula One a lot too. That's not to be understated. That is a true oh. athletic thing. That is a true athletic feat. Like this, like when you see and, and like the training they do for these guys now, like we were saying before with the technology. So in race car and everything like that, they're, they're virtual simulators or damn near you're fucking driving. You know perfect. what I mean? Like, yep, yeah, they're perfect. They're unreal. And they mimic every track and everything like that. And like, these guys are in there 10 hours a day, just, just hitting the corners and doing that. But I had no idea. So this brings a whole different light to NASCAR that you could bump a guy, he squirrels out, or if the guy's good enough, he hits the brakes, and then Earnhardt's giving him a fucking sh a slingshot right out of the slingshot. He's out. Oh, you have to play it just right. <laughs> and remember, in NASCAR, you see sometimes them go four or five cards wide into a turn. Yeah. You never see that. And but now this is why on the opposite side, the other perspective is by far. There's nothing on this planet that has a motor in it that you consider a car that's more sophisticated or the, the most progressive thing there is on this planet is a Formula One race car. Yeah. They're the pinnacle of aerodynamics, of the yeah. perfect engineering of a motor, the perfect weight, the perfect design. The, they're absolutely flawless. So the way they look at it is I'm driving the Lamborghini and you're pulling in in your shitty ass Buick Century. <laughs> but yeah. It's, now, it's, not to say your Buick Century doesn't have some big ass V8 motor in it. I had a yeah. Buick Century, but it still ain't my Lamborghini, <laughs> yeah. dude. So that's so, where like the yeah. rivalry and that that stigma of redneck slash caviar comes from. Yeah, dude, I would I would love to go to. I've never been to a NASCAR or to Formula One, and I would love to see what it's like at both yeah. because they are NASCAR is cool because of the Rumble. Yeah, Formula One, those cars, their motors are so incredible. It sounds like the largest RC car you've ever heard in your life. It doesn't oh, make the yeah. same noise mm. as like a. It, they're insane, and the yeah. the the way they take off, there I've never seen anything like it. They're fucking yeah. Bonkers. The comedian uh, Bill Burr, comedian Bill Burr, goes to all the Formula One things yep. because of Europe yep. and Le Mans and all that shit. Love oh, Bill Burr. really? 
Oh, mm-hmm. big a bitch fucking love Bill Burr. Yeah. When, whenever he wants okay. to come on, let us know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Honestly, please. I, we'll I'll think say about what it. we like. This is the <laughs> this is the uh, this is the podcast for the working society. So, like, obviously, you know, not that we saying we could get anyone who's who's famous or whatever. But right, if someone right. was famous and wanted to come on, they'd have to be super special for me and Shake to let them on. And yeah. I think. I think Bill Burr yeah. is definitely getting a well, pass. and he there's some, I agree. yeah. I agree. Just from listening to like, him, I know that he has a work history. Like before he became yes. a famous yep. comedian, he worked in yep. warehouses and shit. And you know, yep. ironically, yep. I listened to a Person. podcast with um, Jason Bateman, uh, who was on like uh-huh. Rest Development and a bunch of shows. Yeah, yeah. And he was a child star. He literally was in Hollywood from like the time he was like six years old on TV. Hard and, life, yeah. dude. And he's he always <laughs> talks about how he's like. I was a very sheltered person and I really regret never having a real job. I'm just like this weird person that never has, I don't have life experiences because I never had a job. And like, it's cool that he admits that. Like I give people, I give him credit for at least like understanding that, you know? Yes. Yes. I do too. Big time. Yeah. I don't need him acting like he can, he can, I don't, I don't need him acting like he knows the same struggles we know. Like, right. yeah. Cause I don't know the same, I don't know your struggles. Don't act like, you know, mine, I'm not acting like I know what it's like to be a child actor. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah. act like, you know what a nine to five mm-hmm. is. <laughs> yeah. I do. But also to be fair, I love Jason Bateman's work. Did you ever watch uh, the Ozarks? Fantastic. Fantastic yeah, Ozarks great. Great. Yep. Yeah. So, okay. So damn, Steve, you really like, I was expecting this on this show and I'm really, really really happy that we could get like you really like open the doors for a lot of things that I kind of didn't have any idea. And I know shake was the same way where yeah, it's like, he wasn't absolutely. yeah, like a lot of stuff. I had no clue, but uh, we're coming down to the end here. I wanted to, I sent you a couple questions. I just want to go through them real quick and then uh, I'll release you if that's okay with you. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. With me. Yes. For the rest of the people in this world, probably not. <laughs> Yeah, they're probably not gonna like the answers okay so real quick that's their fucking problem yeah yeah they can go fucking fucking yeah. shove it all don't right. you dare turn so, off this podcast <laughs> <laughs> okay so first question uh we talked about the uh the movie stores earlier so at the age of 10 what was your favorite movie that was a tough one i guess i would lean towards debbie does dallas no <laughs> uh i would say <laughs> Now, was that the first? That's your favorite uh, movie now. Say, <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably say at that point in my life, I was uh, I was big into two movies. Uh, one was E.T. and the other was The Goonies. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. babe. Both. Cold. Yeah, Goonies was my shit. Goonies, dude, Goonies is a great fucking flick. It that is. is a great, really great flick. And so we used to, I used to also so kind of like it even even mm-hmm. more because Victor Jakes, another uh, one of our really, my really close friends from North Wales, hated it. He's the only person on earth I've ever heard that hated Goonies. <laughs> what? I so didn't used know to that was fucking possible. lose our mind. Maybe he was scared of it. I remember I was I was I scared no of Sloth when was I was a kid. I was always scared. Oh <laughs> hell yeah, for sure. Yeah, Sloth's keeping you up at night. Yeah, dude, I'll tell you what. Yeah, the scene in E.T. where he does the quiet man scene, where it's like John Wayne and Reno yes. O'Hare and the kid with the frogs. Fucking mm-hmm. love that scene. Yes. Yeah. Great, great movie. Unreal. Dude. Spielberg, Spielberg is the fucking best, man. He's the fucking genius. best. Genius. Um, All right, great, dude. Great answer. Go ahead, Chief. Yeah. What were you gonna say? I was just gonna say I, I live in California now, and 
That scene in The Goonies when the pirate ship finally comes out when they all get captured, yeah. like, yes. saved or whatever, yep. and it's in the yeah. in the ocean and like the cop yeah. says like yeah. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Holy Mary, Mother of God. Look at that. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Every, <laughs> every shoreline in California looks like that thing. And I'm every, like, we oh, just drove up and down the poor, coast. You poor guy. Week. Yeah, oh. go fuck yourself, buddy. It's, it was 70, oh, yeah. 72 days ago. I woke up this morning, it was 20 fucking five in Florida. Yeah. I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. it's really, it's Dude, really it was, tight yeah. out here. Dude, it was, it was 45 today. I was like, oh, nice day. 45 it's pretty warm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking A. Fucking anyway. A, Shake. Golly. Moving All right. On. So, <laughs> moving, moving, keeping it moving. Uh, what is your favorite movie right now? Or show? You can put up whatever. Uh, so, I'll, I'll bust it into two. My favorite show ever that, that I would say as an adult, by far, hands down, was Sopranos. Great show. And then, Classic. And then for, for a movie... I mean, I'm a I'm an old school guy, and I could watch it. It's it's either Goodfellas or Scarface. Oh, uh, Goodfellas, probably Goodfellas. Yeah, Goodfellas selection. is so, dude. Goodfellas is so great. Don't you love? I love, and I used to do this to my buddy when we work. I'd Get look your at shine it. box. My friend Jimmy. Oh, Henry, it's his joint. Nice it's his Lisa. Hey, Frankie, how are you? Hey, Tommy, all dressed up, all grown up, and doing the town. Look at this. Oh shit. Tommy. This kid, this kid, this kid was great. They, they used to call him Spit Shine Tommy. I swear to God, oh, he'd make your shoes look like fucking mirrors. Excuse my language. He was terrific. He was the best. And he made a lot of money, too. Salute, Tommy. No more shines, Billy. What? I said no more shines. Maybe you didn't hear about it. You've been away a long time. They didn't go up there and tell you. Okay. I don't shine shoes anymore. Relax, will you? For crying out, what's, what's got into you? I'm breaking your balls a little bit, that's all. I'm only kidding with you. Sometimes I mean, you don't sound like you're kidding. You know, there's a lot of people around. Honey, I'm only kidding with you. We're having a party. I mean, I just came home. I haven't seen you in a long time, and I'm breaking your balls, and you're right away you're getting fucking fresh. I'm sorry. I don't mean right. to offend you. I'm sorry, too. It's okay. No problem. Okay, salute. Now go home and get your fucking shine box. Motherfucking Now go get your fucking shine box. Yeah. Fucking the best, yeah. right? Yeah. Is That's there anything so better? Go your fucking now go get your box. fucking shine box. That, and so great. Goodfellas is, the, is one of those movies, I'll quote it, and my wife, who knows zero quotes, will always be like, what the fuck? Why do you keep saying that? It's, like, it's a quote from a movie. I don't really feel like explaining it, you know. At, at your at your wedding, Shake, we're hanging out like all the groomsmen are hanging out uh, before, and we're drinking and we're budding around. Yeah. And your wife's family comes in, and I remember we took a big group photo, right? Mm-hmm. And I sat into and I sat next to one of your your wife's cousins who's Italian. I was like. I'm gonna go get the papers. Get the papers. Tommy two times. Tommy two times. I love quoting that. And there's nothing we could do about it because he was a made man. 
It was revenge for Billy Bats. And a lot of other things. And that's that. And there was nothing that we could do about it. Bats was a made man, and Tommy wasn't. We had to sit still and take it. It was among the Italians. It was real greaseball shit. Yeah. That was, that was that the was best. It. He calls it. He's like, there, there was an accident. We, we did all we could. There was nothing we could do. Yeah. So great. Oh, and great flick. Classic. Great. And when, uh, when the Phillies won, when they does like the, oh, in, the, in the shower. Right hander checks the runner. Here's the pitch. Swing and a drive. Right center field. This one is falling. It's a base hit. It'll go up the alley. Brentwood will score. Ruiz around third. He is being waved home. The Phillies have won the ball game. Great movie. Layla uh, and Ray Liotta was his his like uh, voiceover. His voice is just absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, Ray Liotta, that dude yeah. made for that role. Also, too, his made wife Karen. Oh yeah, babe. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. he, yeah. That yep. uh, there was actually I seen some things before too. They were like, remember back before when society when you the only the only time you ever heard someone call anything a like Karen was because of the fucking Goodfellas. <laughs> yeah. Karen, why would you flush yeah. that down the toilet? Yeah. Karen. Yeah. Dude, I'll tell you what, too. Speaking of like this brings you together. So Sopranos is your favorite show. Karen is the psychiatrist in the Sopranos. Yes. And and she's, yep. you yes, know, she Ray Liotta's wife and Goodfellas. Yep. Mm-hmm. I love how Which they is, recycle, uh, uh, they recycle a ton name, of uh, Italian actors. Um, Lorraine mm-hmm. Bracco, I believe, is her name. That's it. Lorraine yeah. Bracco. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. Great actress. So, Melfi. Oh, dude. Whew, totally. Dr. Melfi. Especially in the first couple seasons. Hi-ya. All right. <laughs> also, I'm not, you know, I, I, I would say, uh, I would say, uh, you know, Edie Falco early on for sure. She was getting it. Uh, as Carmela, I was in love with her. I don't yeah. know why. Yeah. Everyone <laughs> loves Carmela. Dude. And then, and then when Jamie Lynn Sigler in the later years, oh, baby. Oh. And then also oh, yeah. a- Adriana, right? Oh, Adriana was my favorite. Dude, dude. She's <laughs> like Adriana the quintessential the Jersey, hot Jersey, you know? Yep. Hot New Jersey you're, you're, She's the most Jersey. No, she for sure. She is Jersey. Totally. Okay, so let's keep it moving. All right, so uh, if you had to be a, a, get, a host of a game show, what game show or TV show, any kind of TV show, real made up game show, whatever, a host, what, what TV show would you host? That one was kind of tough. I guess I would uh, lean towards because he's like an idol, and I guess I don't know. That's the only thing I could really think of would be like a, a fear factor. Oh, really? Wow. Make Dude, people do, do dumb shit. Yeah, that's a good pick. Yeah, that's a great one. Plus two fucking Rogan. Like Rogan and- said, it was the easiest thing in the world. You didn't need to be a personality. He's like, I just went there and made people eat cow shit yeah. and do other dumb shit. Yeah. Rogan, dude, I'll tell you what, Rogan has changed culture for the better with his stuff. He's, he's the, a great, the best. he's the, the best. greatest, man. Great, love human. him. Great, great human. Great human. And, and like, honestly, how, gives how human beings not around. It's on Spotify. What's that? It is? Yeah. No, oh, no, 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 no. I mean, Fear Factor. Like, why is Fear Factor oh. not on the oh. air anymore? <laughs> like, uh, you so think it would just go forever. You hear why it got canceled? You know the story, right, Matt? I don't know. What, what's that? Did you hear the story why that got canceled? Joe tells it all the time. Uh, no, go ahead. Do it. Hit it. 
the last story, the last, uh, the last episode that they ever did was, uh, they had the people eat, um, horse testicles. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, horse testicles, he's like, we did way worse shit, but the horse testicle thing in came the fucking culture cancer, yeah. uh, uh, cancer cancel culture. culture. It was like, Nope, that's too much. Yeah. You guys went over the top with the eating that, and that's when they shut it, it down. Really? Honestly, horses, it's tough to, uh, if you're shitting on horses, it's pretty tough. I remember there was a show on HBO. Yeah, Luck. people get a little upset. It's like shitting on dogs. Yeah, they mm-hmm. don't like, don't, don't fuck with the horses. They're not happy. Nah. Okay, so that being said, uh, if you could be on any game show or, or whatever TV show, what game show would you be on? Oh God, I've never watched an episode of it. So this is going to sound weird. I've never seen a single second of it, but I will, I'm thinking that the, the experience has to be fantastic. I want to be the bachelor. I want 30 Ooh. broads trying to suck my nuts. Yeah. Babe, yeah. I think we all, I we, want 30 hot broads acting like I am Brad Pitt. Dude, we, <laughs> we all want that brother. You're not alone. We yeah, all you're the want first that. Person I will never watch that, it, though. but I want to be on it. Dude, I would love that. Kidding me? A bunch of Luises coming at you. Hiya. Bang. Done. Fucking bang. You want to see me do some inappropriate shit on TV? Slap me on that show. <laughs> Fucking hey, babe. Fucking hey. Dude, they'd all be in love with you. They love the band. Yeah, we can get any footage you know to saying? use on air, though. <laughs> That's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't even. I wouldn't even have clothes yeah. on. I would just show up naked so they know what the fuck's going They're on. Like, look, look, we all... the only thing I got. You can take it or leave it. <laughs> yeah. Want. Yeah. Fucking whichever one he uses the best is sticking around. So fucking give me your A yeah. game here. <laughs> yeah. Decided yeah. to keep all of you. <laughs> okay. So, um, exactly. Can I pick all of them? Yeah. So when when we all like that. Okay. So let's keep it moving. Uh, what is the biggest word that you know the meaning of? Shit. Uh, yeah, that's a small word. Scafosa. <laughs> Scafosa. What is Scafoso? What is that? It's an old school South Philly Italian slang for like a moron. Mm. Oh, Scafosa. What was Schifo- the one you Scafosa? What'd you say earlier? Uh, a, a, not a Stugatz. You said like a, a Stunad. Stunad. Dude, I love that. Honestly, <laughs> hardhead. I honestly, one of my uh, missions with this show is to get stew into it so like i'm gonna start calling i want to start calling people stugats or stunad and then eventually like you yep, fucking yep. stew right and then make yep. stew be a thing so maybe we'll start here Ooh. you fucking stew all right i like it i like it i like it a lot okay so okay okay so we'll keep it moving uh i like so what was the word again Shmo- Shmo- say it one more time scafozo scafozo you fucking scafozo you fucking stunad you fucking stugat the guy on the radio Remember the guy on the radio back in the day, Tony Bruno? Yeah, yeah, some yeah. Of the sports radio. Yeah, I love yeah. Tony Bruno. He called everybody a scafozo. Yeah. Scafozo. I like that. I like those Italian words that are like dirty, but everyone calls people that. They're the best. No, they're the they're best. They're the best. They're the best. And you can get away with it. Same thing with like uh-huh. Jewish words, like a fucking schlep, yes. you know, a schmeck. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You fucking schmeck. Or, or now, 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 because of the fight culture, the Brazilian words like photosy. Yeah, and- yeah. Our Portuguese words. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. So, next question. Uh, if you could give yourself a nickname, what would it be? Asshole. All right. Well, uh, that you know what? You're the second person to say yeah. that on this show. Second person. <laughs> the first yeah. person. Who was the first? The first person just happens to be my co-host's wife. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, but we bleeped her out when she said it. We yeah. bleeped it out. So yeah, if we if we'll we leave yours in, Steve, we bleeped out Steve saying asshole, then we wouldn't have anything yeah, to fucking air. <laughs> It'd be one big bleep. Okay. All right. I, uh, that's another thing when I'm when I'm coaching. They uh my the, the oh. head coach is like I don't know how I haven't been fired yet. You just I'm like because uh, usually our practices a lot of them that I go to are at night. Yeah. So there's no teachers around and shit. So I just let it fly like I'm talking to you guys. Fucking mm-hmm. right. yeah. That's how you should turning, turning kids to men, you know. Yeah. Fucking yeah, yeah. man, dude. Young men fucking need that, right? Like if they like right now. Okay, I'll say it right now. So my my kid, my daughter, right? If she's walking mm-hmm. and she falls down. Right. If she just falls, not if she like really hurts herself, if she just falls, she has to get up on her own. I'm not picking her up. Right. And that's going to be Great. her whole life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Spe- like if like there, and I bet Steve, and we saw a lot, especially when you're younger, a fucking mama's boy, when you're see a mama's mm-hmm. boy, dude, nothing makes me angrier. Not <laughs> I, there's things that make me anger, but when there's a fucking like a mama's boy, like complaining about shit and being a bitch, like, dude, Fucking be a man, shut the fuck up and suck it up and let's go. Quit your bitching and let's fucking go. You know? See, and the real root of that is what the real root of what you just said too is it's your responsibility. Yes. As a father. Yes. Your dad, your dad made you that way. Agreed. My dad made me that way. Agreed. His dad made him that way. Agreed. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no, yeah, agreed. You can't be fucking pampering them. Like, look, if they're yeah. hurt, if you need to, if you need to help them, if they're hurt. Yeah, that's a different story. Agreed. Yeah, that's your fucking child. You love them more than anything on this fucking earth. Agreed, right? But if they need to learn that if you fall down or something happens, you need to figure it out and you need to get up and go. That needs to be ingrained sure. day one. So, okay. Sure. All right. So now we're getting down to it. So what was the worst day of work in your whole life? Do you remember? Yeah, for sure. So uh, <laughs> not for sure. A lot of years in here, a lot of days. Uh, so the one thing that I used to say to my friends, like when I was in my wilder stages, like anybody else, you're in your early twenties, yeah. I would get blacked out all the time at night, drinking yeah. and having a college parties. The only problem was my friends had to sleep in and then go to class and I had to go to work because I had a real job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would show up here. You can't show up here drunk because if like I would say to my buddies, say you accidentally, uh, like my buddy who's a pressure washer owns his own business. You accidentally pressure wash the house wrong. The person's pissed. All right. It's about as far as it goes. I come in and I fuck up and forget to put your tires on the right way and leave the lug nuts off. Oh. You drive down the road, you may kill somebody. Yeah. yeah. So there's real results to like in this industry, even yeah. though it's, it's always, I always got annoyed that that's like overlooked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh like, yeah. The confidence of your mechanic is a very serious thing. Yeah. You're in a fucking 5,000 pound, uh, ramp basically. yeah dude you're you're, you're right. driving a bomb that's legit you're driving right. a bomb and it, it's yeah, a weapon a hundred percent couldn't couldn't agree more dude you are absolutely right, right. And that's something that we should have brought up earlier the the amount of like responsibility that you have as a mechanic really to society yep. can't be understated you are absolutely right man couldn't agree more especially living in one of the largest metropolitan areas in the in the in the country yeah. how many cars a day do you see a bazillion Ugh. Mm-hmm. it only yeah. takes one have yeah. one dickhead mechanic forget to do something and next thing you know your brakes don't work oh you know yeah. dude and then people so, people's lives your job legit people's lives are at stake that is not a, for sure that, that is for sure and, and the fact hearing you say that that's dude like you take that seriously 
really is a good, very like, serious. Very, very like. I don't need that on my conscience. Fuck Look, I no. said I'm an asshole. I'm not a soulless creature, though. Right, right. <laughs> you know? But you're. But it's not even that you're that an asshole. It's not even that you're an asshole. You're a fucking. You're like the hard work and everything goes into it. But it's also it's like you want to do a good job and things like that. But yeah, that is a responsibility that I believe all mechanics. And I know it's an auto guy. You know, like everyone that works on cars. A lot like of them that, don't take it that serious. No, they don't, and they should. And they should because it's you're, up. dude, my daughter drives in my fucking car. And if she gets yes. hurt because some yep. fuckhead that I took the car to doesn't know what he's doing, I'll fucking, you know what right. I mean? Like th- there's lives well, at stake. Yeah, that's, yeah, for sure. For sure. Dude. So with that being said, there's like, there's also a lot of dangerous tools in here, right? Oh, yeah. So like, you know, there's lifts that I'm standing underneath 5,000 pound cars all day. You put that on there wrong. It tips off, Ugh. you know, shit like that. Like there's real shit you got to pay attention to, right? There's yeah. also... I do a lot of welding, so I'm dealing with a 2,500-degree yeah. torch. Jesus. There's a settling. That's a bomb right there, right? Jesus. So one of the first things I learned as a mechanic was uh, the tire machine, how to put oh, tires yeah, on. Oh, yeah, the tire machine. Could, I, could literally show you, <laughs> I could literally show you how to put a tire on and off. In two days, you'll know how to do it, right? Nice. And you'll be a pro at it. Nice. It's not that complicated, but it is. You are dealing with a machine that has extremely compressed gas and also some real strength to it, right? Because Yeah. You see a tire get put on. It's it's impressive when you see it in real life. You're like, damn, every one of my buddies that's ever been in here is like, damn, that's how that works. <laughs> like they're like yeah. intrigued by the machine. Like that thing's fucking wild. I'm like, nice, no. right? And so, loud. Those things are loud as shit called, too. By the way. Oh yeah. So there, when you fill the tire up, there's a thing on the edge of the tire. They call it the bead seal. The bead seal is where the rubber meets the rim, and that's where the air doesn't come out. Right. Okay. So to when you put a tire on, it's kind of like squished and it needs to expand to fill the rim, right? Yeah. Because a brand new tire is like a little bit, it's not as wide as the rim, obviously. It's like a little squished. Yeah. So you have to force air in there for it to explode onto the rim and then blow up, right? Well, sometimes they don't blow up on the lip all the way. So you have to put a, a typical tire is anywhere from 30 to 38 pounds of pressure is what you normally would have in it, right? Okay. If you're driving around in 90% of cars in this world, normal cars, huh. 30 to 38 pounds. Okay. Now, the side of the tire will tell you anything above 51 pounds is dangerous, right? Uh-huh. To see the bead on some of these small, low pro tires, you have to force a lot of air in it for it to pop up, and you'll hear that loud snap when it pops, right? So uh, I had, I've, I've had tires at like 100, 110 PSI before they fucking pop and hit that. Oh, thing, right? Which is, shit. Now you're two times over the limit that they say you shouldn't be at. Yeah. Right? But it's just not practical. If you're in the business, I've literally done this a bazillion times, never had an issue, but I've heard horror stories just like the falling cars off and shit, whatever. So I have the tire on there. It's what my dad used to call uh, the, the junk brand off the shitty tires. You would call them Maypops because they may pop, right? The piece of shit. So, That's great. So my dad would be like, hey, what do you want? Do you want Michelins? Do you want Yokohamas? Or do you want a set of Maypops, right? Which was whatever the cheapest shit we could get. Dude, that's the best. That's some fucking shit that, like, your dad being in the business for a million fucking years knows that. That's some fucking yeah. great shit. I you love that. You go up to an old thing. mechanic, you could say, you go up to any old mechanic that's, like, 50, 60 years old, and you're like, yo, you guys got a set of Maypops around? He'll immediately start laughing. Oh, dude, I fucking so, can't wait to use that the next time I'm at the shop. Yeah, Matt's <laughs> definitely using that. <laughs> oh, fuck yeah, so, that's great. So I'm sitting there on the machine and the way this machine works is it like expands, right? It expands and it holds the rim and tire on there. And then when it does that, when you go to, it expands on the tire. And when that happens, it holds the rim on there and you force the air in. 
Now there's a second arm you usually slide over and that prevents the tire from, um, that holds it down in case it like, cause it's these claws with pressure that hold the rim there. So that I can use and spin it around, right? And while you're doing this, this thing ends up, hold on, let me see here real quick. Cause I'm at the shop. <laughs> oh shit, you're still there right so now? Thing, yeah, I live in this place, dog. Fuck. So this thing right here is the this tire oh! machine, right? These come out and they hold a rim on it, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then you put the tire on and this arm slides on and these arms slide on and all this shit, right? And this arm, this is the arm that's supposed to go over the rim in case anything ever happens, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm an asshole. I've been doing tires my whole life. I've been doing fucking in my sleep, rushing through it. And I this tire won't seat on the bead. So, hold so on, I have it like Steve, 100, on. 110 PSI. Hold on, Steve, real quick. So you were- Yeah, you I'm were, echoing, aren't I? Hold on. No, 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 I'm it's okay. Out. So you were, just to, just to bring this together. So you were out yeah. the night before at a party at Temple, right? You're boozing it up with your yes. buddies. They oh, wake boy. up and yes. they, all they have to do is put on their pajamas and roll into class, right? You yes. wake up and you're like trying to sober up and you go to work. And you're at work right. and you're and you're at this yeah. tire machine. You've done this a million times. You know exactly what's going since on. I was, since I was 12. Since you were 12, you've been doing this. You do it a million times. So you're kind of just like, all right, I'll do this. Even though I'm just trying to get my shit, my head right. I, can, I know I can do this, yada, yada, yada. You go to do it. Then what happens? I'm literally, like I said, inflating that tire. It gets to a point where sometimes you put a lot of like uh, lubrications in there so it slides over the rim with the air pressure. Sure. But for some reason, this one's stuck, right? Yeah. Stuck. It's a low profile tire. So I'm like, I've been here a million times. I've had them up to like 130 pounds before they pop. I've done it literally hundreds and hundreds of times. Yeah. So I had this thing all the way up. Uh, when it pops, this sh shitty ass tire, because it was a no name piece of shit may pop tire, yeah. the tire explodes, right? Oh. Blows out into a bazillion pieces oh. when that thing explodes that little arm that i said i you you're supposed to put over the middle of the rim yeah i never i've never used that once in my life as you could tell it probably looked like it was never moved <laughs> i've never used that in my life now i know why it's supposed to go there i still don't use it because i'm an asshole but it explodes with that pressure the rim shoots off like a bullet hits me dead in my chest oh. and knocks me like five feet backwards oh, off my no. feet onto oh, the thing into the ground right shit Oh, now, is there man. anyone else in the shop? Yeah, it's yeah, hell yeah. It sounded and it sounded like literally like a like you dropped a stick of dynamite, like a fucking right? cannon just went off. Oh, oh and right. So my and the Fuck. so to preface this, this is how this is how intense it got for my my dad. Yeah. So a long time ago, these machines were much more dangerous, right? Yeah. Not as sophisticated as the one I showed you. Yeah. Really, really rudimentarily like pieces of shit. Yeah. My dad, when he was 15, was working in a garage. One exploded on him, the machine, not a tire. The machine oh. exploded, and it put him in a coma for six months. Like, oh. my grandma thought she was, like, literally, they thought they were going to have to amputate an arm. This is, like, oh my, my God. Oh, my God. So, like, he, has four, he has four sisters, and all four sisters still tell us the story how they were making funeral plans because the doctor was like, he's not going to make it. He was in a coma for six Man. months. Six oh, fucking months. He pulls through. Right. So he pulls through. But he's always had this thing about the tire machine. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. Where he's like, he always gets nervous when I'm back there. My brother's dude, back. You dude, see it, right? Fucking dude. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Jesus so, Christ. So now we jump forward. Now we jump forward. This just happens. Oh. This happens. He looks out, sees me on my back. 
like I get up, but like I'm, I, I, it was like I just took like a leg kick to the fucking head. Dude, you took, I get up, like I don't you know took where the fuck I'm at. Fucking leg kicks? Are you kidding me? I don't know where the fuck I'm at. Again, one of the things Rich always said was, I might not be the most talented, but the one talent he did see I had is I have a very thick skull. You sure, so, goddamn do. <laughs> I had like a log. So I take this, I take this fall to my back get up and i'm like looking around i don't even know what the fuck happened then i start to like come to i see my dad my brother and i'm realizing what happened yeah and i'm like holy sh- thank god it didn't hit me in the face that rim if that rim would have hit me in the face would have broke all the bones in my face Dude, taking your fucking head off my god yeah 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 oh yeah yeah it was man. A, that was it was not a good man that that's a great great answer for, the, for this question <laughs> yeah. right jesus christ we had one guest now on to this here, day now to this day fucking now to this day, every time I pump a tire up and it goes over like literally over like sixty, yeah. I lean back uh, like I'm fucking. Yeah. Uh, oh god, dude. I'll tell. You, so I will. I want to ask this. So your dad, after seeing that happen to you, he wasn't like Steve. You're never allowed to use a tire thing again. He was like, look, you need to learn how to do this fucking right, so this never happens again. Is that right? Uh, even worse. He knew that I knew how to do it right. So right when I got up, he was like, there's three more tires and she's going to be here at four. Get it the fuck done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was man. like, Jesus got Christ. It, boss. Dude, that, got it, boss. did that like, dude, that, like those, those rims, they're rock fucking like they're, it's metal. It's steel it's whatever, you know, like, yep. yeah, dude, that could have like cracked your ribs, cracked your sternum. Oh my God. Dude, it, it hit me hard enough. It knocked me, like I said, clear off my feet, like three, oh. four feet back onto my back. But how old are you? This is your early 20s, right? Yeah, I was, I'm 37, so I probably did that when I was like 22. Oh. Yoy. How many old times? Old enough to know, but old enough to be an asshole. Too. How, how many times do you think you, how many tires do you think you've changed in that time? Thousands since then? Before or after? After? After. Thousands. Thousands. <laughs> never even had one even come close to do that again that's why i was so jesus that's why i was so like at that point i've already done a hundreds before that yeah and i've never even came close to having an issue so that's why i like i had zero fear of the thing i didn't respect it at all i sure as fuck respect it now goddamn right my god you learned some respect that day oh my god yes i did put some manners on me then oh boy (laughs) yeah fucking put some manners on you uh shout out to harry so okay uh, last question. I'm gonna let you get out of here. What was the now we're gonna flip it? What was the best day of work in your whole life? So for here, I've had multiples, right? Nice. So this is how I'm gonna put it. This is how it, they're all kind of in the same category. So obviously we're a regular shop. Usually I'm dealing yeah. with regular people's cars. But yeah. don't get the shit twisted. Here and there we got enough a big enough base and people with enough money. If I got people that have that bring uh Phantom Rolls Royces in here. We got a guy that brings a Ferrari here. We got a guy that brings a Lamborghini here. Jesus. Uh, 9-11. So I've driven some ridiculous shit. Jeez. And those are the only days I show up here and I know like that customer's car is going to be here where I'm like, let's today fucking I love go. my job. Yeah. Today let's I love my job. Let's fucking go. Dude, that's so awesome. So all I could, my dream, my real dream would be to be, because I can, I apparently I talk a lot, but my dream would be no. to be a a dealer a car salesman at like one of those so i could because i also know the machine on an yeah. intimate way as in yeah. i know how it works oh. mechanically i'm Dude. not just a salesman yeah. i know how it fuck it fucking works yeah. right so i could not only steer you to whatever you really want it 
I could also show you what that machine does and yeah. how it does. And and explain to you. Yeah, dude, absolutely dude. Exactly absolutely. You'd be you'd be selling fucking them like hotcakes, babe. Hotcakes. Yeah, you make big money doing that too. Fucking A, the commission off of those. Dude, so yep. my God, Steve, I'll tell you what, man. We were super hyped to have you on here. This has been fucking A class, man. Really, really, and like honestly. Like, I'll tell you, like, like we said at the beginning, I'm not, you know, I can do, I can change my, I can fix a flat, you know, I can change my oil yep. if I need to, but I still pay for someone yep. to do that. Like the, the yep. automotive world is something we didn't have a lot of insight in and you really opened it up and, ex and showed a lot and explained a lot and it dude, fascinating stuff. This is why we're doing the show just to highlight like different, different vocations like this. And you fucking nailed it, man. Couldn't, can't thank you enough for coming on. Uh, before we go, uh, what is the name of your shop so we can get a shout out here, a little promo for you? Gwendale Automotive, as in G W Y N D A L E. Gwendale, Gwendale Automotive in Gwen West Point, PA. Nice. Gwendale Automotive, West Point, PA. For those of you out there looking for someone who won't rip you off on your car, who will take care of you, bring them to Steve and he'll fucking take care of you. And he gets the car done. And right. I did listen. Before you go, I did listen a little to the, or I listened to the, uh, the half hour Pete thing you sent me. Yeah. Two things. One, it's fucking devil's pool, not devil's pond. You should not. <laughs> I heard you kept calling it devil's pond. I'm like, uh, is this fucking moron keep saying that? I'm like, the people that grew up in Roxborough are probably like, who the fuck? What is this fucking kid saying? What is this fucking stew talking about? This fucking. How dare you? Fuck. My and fault. two. I, I saw him put a suggestion in because obviously I lived in South Philly for years, right? My yeah. ex was her whole family from down there. Yeah. I was lived down there for like 10 years or five years, right? Yeah. He, he, you guys put out like a small food suggestion, right? I'm going to let yeah. you in on something. Okay. I don't tell many people this. I usually bring this food to people to impress them and then I never tell them where I get it. Ooh, I like it. There's a spot in South Philly. It's a hundred year old, same family owned, five generation old butcher house that Ooh. pre makes old Italian delicacies, right? Oh. It's the best food you will ever have in oh. Philadelphia, Italian food. It's called Dad's Stuffing. It's on Rittner Street. There's a legendary spot on, in South Philly on Rittner Street where the original Primo Hoagie is. Yeah. Across the street from the original Primo Hoagie, which is still ran by the same original family, small bakery called Kasha's. And down the street, there's a, another little bakery that does pastries, Petitos, and across the street, Dad's Stuffing. All three, small family-owned, been there forever, oh. but the Dad's Stuffing place. Dude, the smell. I'm telling the, you, anything the, you get out of there now, it's not cheap. The, it's not cheap. It's worth it. I'll fucking pay. I don't yeah. mind fucking you paying. You got no idea. It's worth it. Oh, dude, I'm fucking doing it, man. Oh, I Dad's can't stuffing. wait. I would recommend the... Uh, I recommend that you when you go in there, you got to remember, you're in South Philly, so it's not sauce, it's gravy. Yeah. You get yeah. crab gravy yeah. and the chicken meatballs, oh. mix them together. Oh, Forget baby. About it. All right. I know what I'm having tomorrow. Fuck yeah, baby. I'm telling Dude, you, dog. This, sounds this awesome. spot is, oh, God. Dad's it is stuffing. anywhere I go. Whenever there's like an Eagles game, I bring this shit. People oh. are like, lose their mind. Who the, where the fuck is, yeah. It's amazing. Oh, dude, I'm fucking in. Dad stuffing. All right. Well, Hopefully they don't. Well, you know, hopefully you gave away your secret to uh, the dozens and dozens. I'm acting like I'm, I'm acting, I'm acting like I, uh, like, like I'm, like I know the South Philly. You know, I got, I was when her, uh, when my ex's like family was telling me about it. I'm like, yeah, all right, shut up. I know how to eat. Yeah, and then yeah. I went up there, like, what'd you think? And I was like, uh. it was, it was, it was, it was pretty good. In my head, I was like, oh my fucking god. <laughs>
<laughs> Do you ever go to oh. Termini's down there? Termini's in Southfield? Hell yeah. My, uh, so, but, uh, for cannolis, that yeah. little place, Potitos, yeah. is I think they're better. But overall, Termini's is better. If you go down there, too, uh, for the Italians, instead of those cannolis and shit, it's got the same cream as the cannoli, but they put it, it's called a Schiffadel. Mm-hmm. That's the pastry to get. The fucking Schiffadel. The Schiffadel. Dude, fucking don't be a stunad. Get the fucking Schiffadel. boy. Dude, I'll tell Atta you. Boy. When uh, my mom, her favorite cake in the world is the Italian rum cake from Termini's. And yes. fucking A, That's, babe. Yep. That fucking. That's that so f- funny you say that. Uh, that, that my girl's mom's favorite thing was the Italian rum cake. Not from Termini's. It was from Petito's, but, you know, same neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, and I'll tell you what. That'll put things, any trace leche cake to say. Oh, fuck yeah, man. Kidding me? Thing is. 40 pounds in your hand? Oh, easily. And that's like a 12-inch diameter. <laughs> so, yeah. The, the most dense cake on the planet. The best, though. The they're best. amazing. Oh, amazing. they're unreal. Amazing. Oh, so, okay. So, Steve, man, you've been fucking incredible, dude. So, Glendale Automotive, right? Check right. it out. Get your fucking cars taken care of there. Steve, great, man. I, I know uh, me and Shake are usually on board with this, but Shake, uh, you know, Steve, we would love to have you back on if you would come back on as a guest for us. Of course, you're my guy. And, uh, you know, obviously, I know, uh, I know your boy's family. They're good people. Yeah. I know you. You're an asshole, but you're all right. <laughs> Takes one to know one, right? You call, <laughs> you call Tom an asshole one more time. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Alright, that son of a bitch. No. <laughs> Alright, so loved having you on, man. Thanks so much for coming on. And then for everyone listening, you can find us on all podcast platforms at Working Perspectives Podcast. You can find us on Spotify at the Working Perspectives Podcast. And you can hit us up on YouTube at Working Perspectives Podcast. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at Working Perspectives Podcast and join us on the at working p pod if you'd like to be a guest on the show uh, hit us up and email us at working perspectives at gmail.com thanks everyone for listening it's the end of the show stick around for the ad read all right see ya do you have a message or a story inside of you that you've been waiting to tell have you always dreamed of writing a book but are intimidated by the complexities of the book publishing world perhaps you want to use a book to launch your public speaking or consulting career if so please reach out to Scott and Bell Publishing, located right here in beautiful Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Scott and Bell Publishing handle all genres and authors with all experience levels. Scott and Bell Publishing gives authors 100% creative freedom and a higher royalty split. They can be found at www.skotbell.com. That's www.s is in Sam, K is in Kite, O is in October, E is in Tom, B is in Boy, E is in Edward, L is in Larry, L is in Larry.com. That's Scott and Bell Publishing, where the authors go.